You're listening to 10-Minute Takes. Another lovely day here at 10 Minute Takes. Thank you for joining us. My name, as always, is Dustin Bork. I got my ride or die, Chris McSwiggin, with me. And we're going to roll through hey, six hey. topics in 10 minutes or less. You're going to money back. That's guaranteed. But I want to start with a little bit of a, uh, a venting session because I'm driving in mm-hmm. today to work. And I see the guy on the bike. Everybody sees the guy on the bike, right? The guy that refuses to use the sidewalk that's right next to him and has to be in the road on the little skinny bitch bike and causing all kinds of problems with traffic because nobody wants to hit him. I don't know why. I would love to hit him. But I'm driving (laughs) in, and, and the guy's in the middle of the road, and there's a perfectly good sidewalk right there. So what drives me nuts is people on bikes want to be in the road but they don't want to follow the rules like a driver has to follow the rules. What do I mean by this? The dude, we come to a part where there's a stop sign. He stays in the road but still cuts the whole line and bangs a right at the stop sign before the original car that's six cars ahead of me even goes. So you're on the bike, on the road. You want to be treated like a vehicle. You want to be allowed to play with the big boys, but you don't even follow the rules. And you refuse to use the perfectly good sidewalk that's sitting right two feet to the right of you. You suck, bike guy. And that's all I got to say about that. So, Chris, how's it going? Oh, not not too bad. I haven't had uh, the bike guy, but if we want to do a real quick uh, vent session before we get into this. Uh, obviously, as you know, I work uh, DJ at local bars and stuff like that. And, and, you know, there are a lot of popular songs out right now um despacito is the most current one that makes me want to put a fork in my eyeballs and uh yeah yeah but it's it's popular okay so uh the way the way that my dj booth is set up is you walk in okay when people walk in i can see them when they first walk in to the front door okay so i love it when a group of girls will walk in okay i'm playing something but okay then they walk in First thing they do is set their stuff down. They come over to the DJ booth and they request a song. And it's a song that I've played already, um, probably twice at this point, because it's always like, you know, Despacito or Wild Thoughts or something, something I'm the one, something super crazy popular. And I go, all right, all right I'll mix it in. Uh, you know, I played a little bit ago, but I'll get, it, I'll get it up for you when I can. And they hit me with, but we're leaving soon and my friends want to hear it. I'm like, Bitch, I just watched you walk in. What do you, don't hit me with that. I'm leaving soon, crap. Get out of here. Like, you know, they, they, they'll do anything to hear the same crappy song over and over again. It's a pain in the ass. But you know what? It is what it is. Um, That's so funny because the our show, house DJ goes through the exact same he, thing. He does? Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, now, the, uh, the, uh, the show today is going to be interesting. It's going to be pretty, pretty NFL-dominated. 
Um, I mean, this is the eve of, as you called it off the air, the biggest fight of our lifetime, uh, which mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. I would say it's the biggest fight that we remember. Uh, yeah. there, there were a couple of big no, ones. No, I actually wanted to, I wanted to put that at the top of the list and, and touch upon it real quick because we haven't talked yeah. about it yet. The circus. I mean, I mean, it's going to be – Well, here's here, and here's what I'm hearing. Here's what's swirling around the rumor mill is – and and I don't I don't agree with this because I don't think Mayweather's ego will allow this, but the media you know money machine, okay, uh, it, it's being rumored that they want like a three part sequel to this, okay? They want you know to to just rake in the cash, make the media money, get people hyped, you know, and and uh, just continue the cash cow that this event has become. And so what they're, what they're, what I'm being told is that Floyd Mayweather got paid upwards – well, is, is going to get, if he does this, paid upwards of almost a billion dollars. That's one with a B next to it. Dive and let McGregor win this match, setting up match number two in which Mayweather will win, albeit then he'll probably pay McGregor to take the dive, setting up match number three – which is the rubber match, and, and then they can figure that out. Whoever wins that one actually wins that one. But that's the cash cow thing I'm hearing. Now, I don't think that Mayweather's ego would allow him to take the dive even for an asinine amount of money. Um, but I also think that it, it, it's going to be a circus fight from the get-go because of you know the larger ring, the heavier gloves, the, the, you know, the fact that, that this has been you – know, the press conferences have been so animated – I don't know what's going to happen, honestly. I don't know if the dive is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a straight-up fight. Um, but honestly, I, I'm i excited to watch it. I know that the bar I'm working tomorrow night will have it on, so I'm excited to see that. The only reason why I don't think that there will be a dive is because that would cause a scandal. There would never be a way – put it this way. If Chris McSwiggin knows about it, then clearly everybody else already knows about it too. So if you're going to do something like this, it's got to be like mob mentality. It's got to be on the low. People's lives are on the line. It it wouldn't have gotten out this far. That's just a crazy fan theory that you came across. So I I personally don't think, I don't think there's a chance in hell that Floyd would take a dive. Neither do I think that Connor would um, in a, in a fight this big. Now, if it was an exhibition fight and it wasn't even remotely near this, you know, like, I don't know. Because I will say that I've watched some Bellator MMA fights where I think that Mm -hmm. the fight is scripted because I look at body language, certain tappings and certain parts of the body when they want to change position. And you can kind of see, and that's low-level shit, little money, and it makes sense. But Mm. when you're set to make $100 million just to show up, and each fighter will, they way too much money to be to be basically screwing over the public, because that's what it would be. It would be it would be fraud, and it would turn into the, one of the biggest scandals of our lifetime. It just won't happen. But I, it's a great theory. It's sexy. It's fun to think about. But nah, I don't think any chance that this goes to a three fight trilogy. No chance. Well, I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't think it would either, simply because you I mean you look at the age of both of these men, and then you look at how far apart they'd have to space them anyway, I think people would lose interest. I mean, honestly, the only reason and the uh, the only reason anybody gave a crap about the Mayweather-Pacquiao 
The only reason was because, you know, he ducked him for 10 years. That's the only reason. Yeah. But, I mean, you could do technically, you could do a fight every year, every 10 months. It wouldn't, and have the long build up to each one. So it wouldn't be difficult to do. It's just not going to happen. But um, let's, what's the, what's the number here? Maybe everybody obviously knows it's a live radio show. If you want to call in, talk to us, give us your takes. Uh, you can call us in at 319-527-6759. Again, 319-527-6759. We love having people on the show. Uh, feel free to chime in on any of our topics. But So after the Mayweather thing, that's kind of a little, uh, um, you know, unscripted thing, but we wanted to touch on it because it is the biggest fight of our lifetime, uh, whether you want to admit it or not. We're going to move right into what's the on the actual agenda. Yeah, yeah, we're going to jump in right to what's on the agenda, and we're going to lead off with the NFTs and what's the point. Now, the reason why I put this on here is because throughout the years, there have definitely been preseasons that matter. Um, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I certainly can't deny that Dak Prescott lightened it up in the preseason last year, didn't turn some heads, and end up being the start of our new franchise quarterback. So I do see that there are, there are some random points where points where preseason does become important and play an important part in careers. Um, but I want to hear your input. Um, what's the point of preseason? Why are we still doing this for four games? Well, I mean, if you want to make the regular season 18, I wouldn't be opposed to it um, and, and only play two of these games. Uh, because quite frankly, I mean, I, I don't know how much you follow the preseason, but if you watch the Cowboys-Colts preseason game uh, from, a, from a couple of, I believe it was, what, last weekend, Dak Prescott and that first-team offense looked ready. They look week one ready now. And, you know, I, I think yeah, enough they did practice look ready, enough OTAs. Oh, yeah, I mean, Dak looks absolutely on fire. And, I, I you know, I don't want to hear any more of that, oh, he can't throw it down the field. Thing, but this is just about, McFadden had yeah. some solid carries. Like the whole team, the O line was doing pretty good. It was good. Yeah, well, exactly. But but not to break this into just a cowboy discussion because I mean that was just the example. No, but, but yeah. I, I I think that the um you know the the preseason is basically used for a couple of reasons. One, to get teams ready, to get people you know to to get to get the blood flowing, the juices flowing to get teams in the football mode before the actual games that matter begin. Uh, also, it, it, it's there for, for, you know, guys to make teams. I mean, how many times have we seen guys, you know, come out of nowhere, uh, have a big preseason and end up making the team and then end up having a good career, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, preseason is also set up for coaches to play with, you know, play with their playbooks, play with their play calling, see what works, see what doesn't. I mean, you know, the, the preseason does not matter. The games do not matter. Uh, so, I mean, they, they can put some wacky stuff in the playbook or whatever it may be. But on the downside, the other side of that sword, what if you play one of your big guys or your top guys and he gets hurt? And then everyone says, well, why do we even play the preseason? These games don't matter. You know, I, I mean, how many times, a year after year, we see these, these starters going down in the preseason, uh, you know, being tackled by by some scrub or some rookie, and and you know they're they're out for an extended period of time, if not the whole season. So I understand why they play it. I understand why there's gripe as to why they wouldn't want to play it uh, from a coaching staff standpoint. Um, but but I definitely think to get the juices flowing and to get 
football back. Uh, I, I enjoy the preseason. Honestly, I do. I, I like to, you know, see what guys are going to be on my team and, and what we look like and first real game action. You know, I, I, I don't want to be sitting there in the middle of August biting my nails saying, oh, geez, you know, if we lose this game, we might not go to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't want – I don't I, – I want to just chill, watch football for a couple of weeks, and then get into the nail biting. So I, I like the preseason. I mean, I see the value in it. I just think that it's a waste of time for everybody. And I think that there's more to lose than there is to gain across the board. I think it's a well-known fact that if you go into the preseason and a guy trying to make the team, the gym class hero, dives at your knee and takes you out, then and you happen to be a first-team guy on the opposing team, like you're in, you're in a rough spot. So I don't see the point of it. You know, like little bitch Odell Beckham is out there and he's complaining uh, about his ankle, and if that's a perfect example. You know what I mean? Like he got his he got he it was a legal tackle and he got he got hurt. He didn't look like well, I was just going to ask you was that a dirty should have been hurt? No, it wasn't. You want to know why it wasn't? Because you tell you tell the players they can't hit high, then you tell them they can't hit you know, uh, in the head and they can't, and they can't go like, you know, pulling from behind and horse collaring. You got all these regulations yeah. on the, on the hits. And now you're telling them, all right, now also, if you dive at the feet, be careful. It's like, dude, it's, this is ridiculous. Football is a barbaric sport. It's the closest thing to like back in the Roman arena when the people would go at it. Like, this is mm-hmm. a man's sport. It's ugly. It's physical. People get hurt. It will probably lead to brain damage. But you know what? At mm. the end of the day, there's not a single person around who, if given the opportunity to make millions of dollars, play in front of their fans, their friends, in front of millions of fans, that would turn it away, knowing that at, like, 65, shit start, might start to go south. I'd do it in a heartbeat, man. I would do it in a heartbeat, and just like everybody else, you would too, everybody listening, all the people that aren't listening, they would all do it. Millions of dollars, and you'd sacrifice 10 to 15 years on the tail end of your life when you're falling apart anyways. You would do it in a heartbeat. So it's a barbaric, ugly sport. You're going to get injured. You're going to get hurt. It takes a man to be out there, not a little bitch like Odell Beckham. He's lucky. He's a finesse player. If, if he makes it a decade in the league – I will be stunned. He, but then again, the league's changing. It's turning into less contact, so maybe he will last. But if this was the 90s, uh-huh. the early 2000s, he couldn't even be a kicker. Like, he is so frail. It's absurd. So guys not like that, the Deshaun Jacksons, they, he, they don't have a chance, dude, to survive in a man's league. Maybe they get into this new, like, evolved, fake football, flag football league that we got, that we call the NFL. Mm-hmm. Maybe they could make it. But if this was real NFL football, it would be a joke. So my point is, preseason, it makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. And I heard this on the herd the other day, and I agree with it, and I'm going to use it here. The college game, they start cold turkey. And it's a rivalry game, and it's a great game. You'll have a team, you'll have like Florida versus freaking, I don't even know, like uh, you'll have like uh, the Gators versus FSU. It'll be a rivalry game and it'll be 30, 40 plus scoring points and the players will shake the rust off in the game. They don't need three preseason games to get the rust off. 
Now, if the pros are being idiots and not preparing and they need these preseason games to shake the rust off, that's your personal problem, man. That is your own problem. That's your own preparational problem. I guarantee you teams like the Patriots don't have this issue. I guarantee you a team like the Patriots could show up week one without any preseason games and look sharp just like they would if they had all four preseason games. All it is is extra practice, live reps. If you do a live, if you do like a joint practice like the Pats do, like the Cowboys do, where you team with another uh, organization in the practices so you can get some like actual like play, you get some live defense that isn't yours so you can see how your plays work out, that's just as beneficial as the game, as a preseason game. So there's just no point is my major, my major point is that their preseason, they don't serve a point. They're just there to really ruin careers. That's all it's, that's all it's there for. And two, and two, two quick points before we jump on. Um, it's sickening to me that the Patriots are probably going to be in the Super Bowl against the AFC, and, and one of their starting receivers is named Rex Burkhead. Uh, who? Okay, but anyway – Second of all, uh, Odell Beckham is is not just physically frail, but as we've seen several times now in several different instances, is emotionally frail as well. Uh, also, news has it he might not be playing week one because of said ankle. So you know what that is, Chris? They won't have Beckham. That will be good. You know what that is? What is that? He wants a, he wants a contract, right? This is the best way for him to hold out and not be a villain. Okay, every single one of us saw that hit. His ankle might have buckled the smallest I've ever seen an ankle buckle, ever. I've rolled my ankles over 100 times in my life because I play basketball my whole life and soccer. And I've seen rolled ankles, and I've had worse than that, and I've been up and ready to go the following week. Now, I understand I'm not a pro athlete, and I wasn't practicing every day, but – I'm telling you right now, the kid's a bitch. If he's telling me that that hit's putting him on the shelf, no. What he's doing well, is he's one, using which is still, this. Which is still two weeks away, mind you. Yeah, he, he'll play. First of all, he'll play. It's a rivalry game. Des will end up saying something. Something will be said, and it'll spark it. And he'll play because he's got an ego like you, like you wouldn't imagine. But my oh, whole yeah. thing is he will not – he will not – uh, be the bad guy if he has a scapegoat, which is his injury. So he's going to blame the injury, mm-hmm. sit out. You know, I really don't feel like pushing it with this contract, but if I was making $30 million a year, I would definitely get out and push through it. That's what he's going to be doing. And anybody who says differently is a moron and doesn't understand the situation. He wants to be the highest played, highest paid player in the NFL, not the highest paid receiver. He wants quarterback money. Mm-hmm. He's out of his goddamn mind. Well, you know, um, we're going to bring him back up here in a couple of minutes when we talk about the NFL's, uh, our opinion on the NFL's top five. Oh, you may, but I'm not. (laughs) Well, talent-wise, you got to look at maybe who else is in the league, but we'll get there. First, I think this one's pretty obvious to a lot of people, although, hey, you never know what you're thinking over there. Definitely not me. Well, no, 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 the NFL top five quarterbacks. QBs. Yeah, I know. And uh, I, I mean, I think it's a general consensus. I do. Uh, I mean, my opinion, my opinion is Aaron Rodgers is number one uh, right now. Uh, I think 
I think where you live, up there in New Hampshire, they would uh, erect a golden statue to Tom Brady. Uh, but I feel like Brady might be, if we're doing five, right now, talent-wise alone, Brady might be number five on this list. Oh, blasphemy, oh, wow. I know. I'm sorry, New England. But he might be. Because you looked at, obviously, I'm going to put uh, Aaron Rodgers at number one. Okay. Number two, I'm looking at, I, it's, a, it's a toss-up for me here. I'm looking at possibly Matt Ryan. And the reason oh, I say what? Matt Ryan, the reason I say Matt Ryan, and I know it's because he, oh, he lost the Super Bowl. He's mobile-ish. He can throw the long ball. He's deadly accurate. And, you know, you name me another guy. You're telling took, me right now. If you had to pick a guy for one game between Brady and Matt Ryan, you're taking Matt Ryan? Mm, yes, actually. Right no, now, you're yes. not. You hesitated so bad. And no, right now to win a game and your house is on the line, dude. You're taking Matt Ryan yeah. to win you that game? Yeah, because for Brady, yes, don't get me wrong. Wow. Brady is talented. Brady is, is supremely talented. Don't get me wrong, but it is the system. If Tom Brady had been drafted to the Jacksonville Jaguars, he would be an average, an average to good NFL quarterback. The reason Tom Brady is a demigod like he is is because of Bill Belichick and that system. So, you know, I've seen the throws Brady makes. Sure, I understand it. But if you figure out the Patriots offense, it's a complex offense. It throws defenses off. It's nothing Brady is doing special. It's it's system. In in my opinion, now I could be wrong, and I could be jeopardizing my media career here by saying this because anybody who hears this might think I've been dropped on my head a few times. But that's that's how I feel regarding Tom Brady. I would I'd like mobile quarterbacks, mobility. That's why I fell in love with Dak. Not only because he's a cowboy, but because of what he can do on his feet and on the run and in the pocket. And uh, you know. That's, I'm also, that's why I'm looking at guys like Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers. Uh, I'd put Matt Stafford on, on this list if we had more slots to fill. Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but since we only have five, okay, I, I'm putting the uh, Rodgers, Ryan, and then I would probably say Brady three. Um, and, again, that's close. That, that, that's a close one with first and second, but I'm going to keep him at three. Uh, I would say I got to think of you know, you're making me think of all these uh, uh, other quarterbacks right now. I would say just because of what I've seen, only one year out of him so far. I would say right now, probably Carr is up there, but also also Drew Brees and uh, Philip Rivers. And now I know Rivers plays on a piss poor team with no offensive line, but you can't hide his numbers. So I'm gonna say Derek Carr is the wild card just because I know how good he's gonna be. Why? Who who would you have at five? I mean, so I think I was shocked. I thought you were going to go Brady one. I I'm like blown away the fact that you're disrespecting him that much. So I had Rogers number one. The reason why I had Aaron Rodgers number one is because I haven't really seen a single guy carry a team in a long time. Like I've been watching him do it. 
So you get a guy like Aaron Rodgers who's like single-handedly keeping the Packers afloat and always in contention. Um, I mean, the Cowboys haven't been able to get past them in the last couple of years. Um, but he's so mobile and he seems to always make things happen. He's kind of irritating to watch um, as an opposing team fan. For whatever the reason, I just don't think he's that good, but he always ends up being good. So that's how I, you know, that's how I can give somebody that label of greatness because it reminds me of Peyton Manning, who I think was all-time great. You know, it's somebody that you're like, oh, give me a break, dude. They're not that good. And then they continue to torture well, you, torture you, uh, torture you. Are we talking all-time top five or current? No, 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 right now in the league. Okay, all right. I was going to say, because Peyton Manning's definitely on that list, but I thought we were doing current. Okay. Right. No, yeah, no, Rod. So I got Rodgers one. I have Brady number two. The reason why I have Me Brady too. number two is because I think that he is – I don't know. I don't necessarily think that he's completely a system quarterback, but I do think that the system has helped his growth and has helped him in his legacy, meaning he is not the greatest quarterback of all time, and I will fight every single person that says it till the end of my time. He's not. He's not the most gifted quarterback to ever walk the earth. He doesn't have the strongest arm. He doesn't have awareness. He doesn't not make mistakes ever. He's just not the greatest quarterback of all time. I hate to break it to you, folks. He's not. He doesn't have, like, phenomenal over-the-top arm strength. He doesn't have a stronger arm than a guy like Brett Favre or a guy like Roethlisberger. Like, he doesn't have better awareness than Peyton Manning, who could out out play you and outthink you in the middle of the game. Like he's up there a hundred percent now, but I also, I also lose a lot of points in the greatest of all time argument because I don't even think Montana's the greatest of all time. I don't know wow. who should be the greatest of all time, but it shouldn't be based on team accolades championships. And I've talked that till I'm blue in the face. I'm sorry. Just because you ride the wave does not mean you're the greatest surfer of all time. You just caught a good wave, dude. Like, that's it. You rode the momentum to shore. And that's what Brady did for his first four years. The kid got three Super Bowls out of his first four years because he was lucky. He just got, he just happened to be in a good spot with a great team around him. He wasn't out there throwing for 400 yards, commanding the other team's respect. He was out there like, oh, he's just shocking some people. Oh, this kid's pretty good. He was an average quarterback. He was, he, he was, he's the equivalent right now to like a Derek Carr. He just showed up and he shocked some people. You know what I mean? Like, or a Dak Prescott. Like, he didn't have that much hype around him at all. And then he just stumbled into a position because Bledsoe got hurt. So I'm sorry. He's not the greatest of all time, people. So, anyways, but I do think that he's the second best quarterback in the league now. I do. I think he has confidence because he's 40. He's been in the league. He's seen it all. And I think his arm is uh, it's good enough right now to get him some wins. So I got him second to Rodgers. And then I got him slightly better than the, my next three guys. I got Drew Brees at number three. The guy's got pinpoint like accuracy. Pick. He is a beast for a six-foot quarterback. He's on his tippy toes to see over that O-line, and that hasn't stopped him his entire career. Um, he's just intense. It's not often that you see a quarterback leading your huddle at halftime, doing all the chants, getting his team hyped up. And that's Drew Brees. 
And that's one of the reasons why I love Drew Brees, because he's an intense dude. He's a, he's a true leader. So I love Brees. My number four is Big Ben. Uh, I think Roethlisberger mm. is very underrated. Um, I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves a lot. Um, he's one of the toughest dudes he, in the league, period. He, he can rape with the rest of them, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things about, like, the whole rape thing is, is there's a ton of girls out there that just try to get players in trouble so they can take their money. So until you show me some proof, I'm going to defend the players on that one. Um, I hear you. But I think, I think Roethlisberger is the toughest, like, one of the toughest players in the league, period, not quarterbacks. He's just tough. The dude, I've never oh, seen the dude take extended – he's never taken, like, extended time off for injuries that would normally put people on the shelf for, like, half a season. Like, he broke his foot one year, I thought, and he was playing in three games. I was like, dude, oh, yeah. kid's a, he's a monster. Like, it's crazy. He's just tough. He's a tough guy. He's got a monster arm. He's got a cannon. And he, uh, he plays in a great franchise. Um, he's one of those ones that I don't think – uh, fell into a good spot. I just think he would have been great no matter where he went. I think Roethlisberger Honestly. is just purely talented. I hear you there. My I'm number five, yeah, my number five would be Luck. Um, I regrettably put him up here. I don't necessarily think that he's that good. I just don't think that the field is better than him. Um, mm. You know, I would love I'm not going to lie. If Romo was still in the league, I'd have Romo right above Big Ben because I think Romo was a beast and he was underappreciated. Um, but Highly. so I was struggling. I was struggling to come up with a number five, so I just went with Luck. Um, he does have a lot of good physical traits, assuming he can stay healthy. But I don't know, man. I, I just after you know well, the core four: Rogers, Brady, Breeze, and mm, Big Ben. It drops off. I yeah. Yeah, it's a big drop-off, and it becomes those Tier 2 guys. I would never in a million years put Matt Ryan in those two, those four names. Uh, really? Ever, ever. Even, Matt Ryan he, he, is he, such he, a Tier 2 guy. Matt Ryan's battling well, it out with even like if Russell he, even Wilson. If he took, well, he, even if he took uh, a, a otherwise average Atlanta Falcons team and made them relevant? Oh, my God. He, he didn't take them and make them relevant, they wouldn't needed anybody after the Michael Vick thing, man. They were just looking for anybody that could come in and give them a new culture after what Vick did. It, it, it would have been anybody. Man. Think about it. Think about all the quarterbacks that came in after him. You know what I mean? Like, it could have been Russell Wilson. It could have been – there's there's plenty. It doesn't necessarily so, so throwing, mean that – Going for 3,700 yards and, and uh, 41 touchdowns is, is, is not going to put him in that list right now? That's it? He had 3,700 yards? That was it? Or I, I don't know. I'm just making up a number. I can actually look it up here. No, not – I thought he had yeah, something, because, something similar to that. Let me check it no, out. No, that, that's, like, that's like those – are, those are horrible numbers for a quarterback. 3,700 yards? He should have that by, like, week 13. No, let me if check Matt it up here. Ryan okay. in, this new, in this new league isn't had throwing for 5,000-plus – yeah, he needed to be around the 5,000 mark with that offense. Dude, yeah, you got Julio Jones on your team. You got Julio Jones on your team. If he's not averaging at least 100 yards, you're failing as a quarterback. 
So Matt well, Ryan's had good. at least forty five hundred yards the past two seasons though, twenty fifteen and sixteen. Yeah, I know I understand that. That's because of his offensive coordinator who now happens to be on the forty ers So Yes. But, but uh, no, LA. They're a train wreck. Uh, L- no, yeah, where did LA, Shanahan go? Uh, oh, no, Shanahan's in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. San Fran. He is. Oh, that's yeah. right. He's the guy who's putting the team together. All right, right, all right. Yeah. All right. So you're up. Running back. Well, I mean, as much as I want to put Zeke on this list. Um, I haven't. I mean, obviously, we've we haven't seen enough from him yet in one season. I mean, I know he set the rookie rushing record, but uh, again, I, I just we haven't seen enough to put him on an all-time list. Um, I want to so bad. It's not all but, time. Uh, it's, it's in the league uh, right I, now. I mean, for the league, I know. But as much as I want to, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna put him at number one. I I, I have to go with the popular consensus pick. When he's healthy, that's the big asterisk here. When he's healthy, and you got to say Le'Veon Bell would be number one. Um, The the dude is is absolutely unstoppable when he's healthy. But again, when he's healthy is the key word. Uh, I would probably put Zeke at two just because I've seen what he did, and that's not cowboy bias. I see what he did was absolutely another one who's just unstoppable. Uh, Three, this is where it gets muddy here because the running back game has – not a lot of teams use great running backs anymore. It's become a pass-heavy league. Um, so, you know, you, you, you got to look at, okay, well, what about a guy like a uh, – uh, the, the guy who left Oakland went to Minnesota there. Um, uh, what's his name there? Not, not, Latavius not Murray. Yeah, Latavius Murray. guy like that's up there, I would say, probably three or four, just because of what he did. Uh, Devonta Freeman on, on – um, Atlanta's got to be on that list just because of what he's done. Uh, th- then, you know, you- you're looking at possibly Marshawn Lynch. I know he hasn't played in a couple of years, uh, but I think he's going to be pretty good in Oakland, especially behind that line. Uh, and-, and then uh, a guy like-, like DeMarco Murray's probably still up there somewhere hovering around, uh, as well as um, I'm trying to-, trying, to find his- trying to find his name here. Um, oh, oh uh, the-, the Dolphins guy, Lamar, Lamar Miller. Has been pretty good. Um, Dolphins running. I thought. No. Wait a minute. So Miller, 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 and Ajayi are on the same team. No, Miller's on the they Texans. They were. Oh, that's right. They traded. That's no. right. They traded them. So Ajayi's their starter. That's right. That's right. I, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I don't know. See, I don't really pay attention to running backs. Nobody uses them other other than us. It seems like. Um, this one's tough because, like I said, it's a pass-heavy league. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd be anxious to hear what you'd hear on this one, what you'd have. So realistically, um, we're not that far off. From the, I got Bell at number one only because I'm trying to show some respect to a guy that's been in the league, uh, longer mm-hmm. than Zeke. And then I got Zeke at mm-hmm. two. Now I think anybody, yeah. David Jones players on, I would think, but. Anybody who can hurdle a player on a regular basis is one or two on my list. So Zeke's got me on that one. I think he's a beast. I think he's elusive. I think he's going to be one of the greatest running backs of all time when it's all said and done, if people stay out of his way and he stays out of his own way. Um, Number three, I got David Johnson. Um, I think he's a complete player. He's probably the second coming of Matt Forte in his prime. 
He can catch the ball, mm. run the ball, do a little bit of everything for that team. He's a PPR god. He is great for PPR fantasy football. Um, then at number four, I got DeMarco Murray, not Latavius Murray. I don't think Latavius is going to amount to anything in Minnesota. They're already looking for his replacement. Um, I personally think DeMarco should have gotten way more credit than he did in Dallas. Um, unfortunately, without him leaving, we wouldn't have gotten Zeke. Uh, would it have worked out with DeMarco? I don't know, man. I, I actually blame the DeMarco Murray trade for Romo retiring because DeMarco Murray protected Romo pretty well. And I think it wasn't a coincidence that the year after Murray got traded away, Romo gets hurt again. And it was on a blindside hit where potentially the running back would have been out in front of him to hit and to block. So I, I just, I don't know. I think DeMarco Murray was one of the, one of the best running backs in the last decade for the Cowboys. And he goes, that doesn't really want to be a true running (laughs) coach in Chip Kelly. Mm. And he looks like an idiot over there. And then he goes to Tennessee and all of a sudden, boom, DeMarco Murray is back to form and he's a great running back. Um, I think he'll do great things for Tennessee, and I think he is a top five running back in this league. And then to round it off, I look at Lamar Miller, who is in Houston now, not Miami, and who has unbelievable speed. Lamar Miller is a goddamn lightning bolt. He is fast. Um, He probably is the fastest running back in the league if you did 40s right now. Lamar Miller is a lightning bolt. He could very well be, yeah. He is, oh, man, end-to-end, he blows people away. And I think Houston's going to be a really formidable opponent because of how sneaky fast he is in the backfield. And that's my running back. So next up is the receivers. This should be fun. Well, you're not putting Odell on this list? No, you got to go. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to put Beckham at five. Um He's got to be on it. Yeah, I mean, that dude is dude is is the reason the Giants are relevant right now. Um, probably the sole reason. Uh, so you you got to put him somewhere on this list. Um, I would say uh, probably Cooper on the list, probably at four. Uh, I would say Antonio Brown's number one, and then two and three. I'm gonna put Dez at three just because I know what he can do when he's healthy. Uh, and at two, you gotta. Say it's got to be Julio Jones, but he 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 could even be contending for number one. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. So what's so? Give me your one through five again. Um, Antonio Brown, uh, Julio Jones, uh, Des Bryant. Um, uh, five is Odell. Uh, four. Um, who the hell? Oh, Amari Cooper at four. Uh, Cooper's, an, right. Cooper's so, an animal, too. Yeah, I think we were thinking about this um, a little bit differently. So, number one, I have Julio. Um, I think he's the most gifted oh, wide over, receiver. Okay. Over Brian. I think he's okay, the most gifted wide receiver in the league right now. He's physical. He is fast. He dominated the Super Bowl and I think potentially would have been the Super Bowl MVP with that catch over midfield where he toe-touched on the edge. Like, it was an Mm, unbelievable catch, and I'm pretty sure everybody knows exactly what catch it is. Um, 
I think uh, he's probably just got the edge on Dez with physicality. I think Julio's a beast. Number two is Dez. I think Dez is the second best receiver in the league. I think he's had injury problems. I get it. I think hmm. he's had quarterback problems. I get that too. Um, I think he didn't get the ball as much as he should have last year. And then I think they went out of their way to over-target him just to shut him up. And then that screwed things up. I think with a year of planning, knowing who your quarterback is, and then they finally have some chemistry. You saw that in the last preseason game, first drive, touchdown to Dez. I think Dez is going to have a breakout year this year if he stays healthy. Apparently he's in the best shape he's ever been in. And everybody's looking for him to have a monster year out of Cowboys camp. So I think Dez, I don't think anybody can, any corner can hang with Dez. I would love to see Sherman and Dez go all game, one-on-one, because I think Dez would manhandle him, just like I think Dez would manhandle uh, Norman over there on the Redskins. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't think anybody can hang with Dez. I think people might be able to get into his head, but I think physically he is just an absolute specimen. Um, number three, I get Antonio Brown. Now, I'm kind of caving to the public on this one because I don't even know why he's, like been like hyped up like he has been he's not fast he's got good hands he seems to run good routes but I just don't think he's physical so why the hell has he been like the consensus like best wide receiver in the league for the last four years it's just like I snapped my fingers and all of a sudden Calvin Johnson wasn't in the league Antonio Brown's the best wide receiver in the league I'm like what I didn't even know he was second to Calvin like I thought it was always Calvin Julio Larry Fitzgerald, like it was never Antonio Brown. So I don't even know where this dude came from. I just threw him on my list to keep people happy. I, I really don't think he's that good, but he, he produces. Um, I, I don't know, man. I don't know where the hype came from for Antonio Brown. Uh, number four, this is where it starts to get sexy. I got Julian Edelman. Um, I think oh wow, a wide receiver that is tough, that goes over the middle, that doesn't drop the ball is more valuable than a little bitch like Odell that might have a highlight play once every two weeks. I think Edelman is a, is a hard-nosed middle linebacker in a wide receiver's body. He is so tough, it's absurd, dude. I remember seeing him. He's not, he's not even hit. in a wide receiver's body. I mean, he is, he's in like a kicker's body. I mean, he's tiny. Yeah, and I remember seeing him in the Super Bowl get hit so hard he got a concussion, but literally wanted the team to run like a fast, like up tempo, like get back to the line, call the next play on the ball. Cause he knew that if he went to the sidelines, he would have failed uh, concussion protocol and they would have kept them out. That was the game winning drive. That was that, that was that drive. Edelman did that in the Super Bowl. Um, and obviously everybody knows what he did against the Falcons in that Super Bowl. He's just a beast, man. He is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. He deserves to be in everyone's top five. I freaking wish I could have him on the Cowboys. Um, He's just an awesome, awesome wide receiver. He's a good character guy. He's tough. He's a leader. Um, And I think he's responsible for a lot of Brady's greatness, too. And nobody will give him uh, respect for that. And then number five, I got A.J. Green. I think A.J. Green, training with Calvin Johnson all those years, um, has picked up on a lot of his stuff, a lot of his special skills. And I think A.J. is great, but I think A.J. is also a victim of lack of a quarterback. He's got Red Rocket back there who just isn't that good. Um, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to be in this league five years from now. Uh, I think he'll be phased out, 
and probably opening up like a restaurant somewhere <laughs> with his salary uh, and his earnings from NFL in the future. So I really don't see a future for Andy Dalton, and I don't think that that will help A.J. Green. And I hope to God A.J. comes to his senses and gets to a better team. What do we got next? Well, next up, we got tight ends, followed by our final topic. Um, but the, uh, the tight ends is, is an interesting one uh, because it's another, it, it, it's another uh, uh, position that isn't used as much anymore uh, as it should be. But uh, obviously, I've got to put Jason Witten on this list. Uh, I think he's arguably one of the best of all time. I mean, the dude is always open, and when he's open, he catches it. Um, from a popular consensus standpoint, this is going to be an unpopular decision, but I'm not putting Gronk at number one. Uh, in fact, I'm putting Antonio Gates at number one. I'm putting Witten at two. Uh, I would say right now probably Gronk at three, maybe maybe even four. Um, and then, eh, man, he, he can stay healthy. Miller's meh. Um, I'm looking at... Let's see. Well, Travis Kelsey and Jimmy Graham. So I would probably have to say one would be Gates, two would be Witten, three would be Kelsey, four Graham. Uh, did I put Gronk in there? Yeah, Gronk. And then uh, I would say probably just on potential alone, A.J. Howard. Oh, wow. All right. Oh, O.J., rather. I mean, I think he's going to be absolutely nasty in the next couple of years. All right, uh, but again, but again this, tight ends a position that a lot of teams don't use as much as, as they should or like they used to, so that's probably why. It's like, it's like running backs. They're getting away from tight ends uh, as, not, as, as pass catchers and using them more as blockers nowadays. But anyways, yep. All right, the way I did this was I look for, um, you know, just big playability in the tight end spot. So I put Gronk at number one. I don't think anybody can mm. hang with him. I don't think can't there's stay a single though. person. He barely plays yeah, anymore. But, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that. I just think that every once in a while, if you're a bigger dude, you take more of a beating because you're easier to touch because you're a larger person. You know, I mean, you look at a guy like Welker and Edelman, you've got to be pinpoint accuracy to take them out. You know, they're tiny. You'll, you'll either run over them, run under them, run by them. You usually don't hit them because they can slip. But a guy like Gronk, the dude's a freaking defensive end running up the middle of the field. Corners can go after him and clip his legs, hit him in his chest, hit him in his back, his stomach, clip him on the head. It doesn't matter. You'll get a part of him. Um, he's just a beast, man. And until he can't, like, literally can't play because he's hurt, he's always going to be my number one. Um, I got Witten number two because of his legacy. I think Jason Witten is arguably the greatest tight end of all time because I think he does it all. I think he blocks. I think he catches. I think he helps lead a team by example. He's a, he's a silent leader. He's not like that yelling at his teammates guy, get you hype guy, but he's a go out, set an example guy. He's a high character guy. He's won that, that, look, that award for, like, man of the year. He's won that. He's just a great freaking human being on and off the field. Jerry Jones had to throw a shout-out to him in Jerry's Hall of Fame speech because he thinks Witten's one of the greatest NFL players he's ever been around. Um, number three, Jimmy Graham. This is a freak athlete vote. 
Um, he's just a freak, man. I mean, he's playing on a team who doesn't necessarily utilize him as much. You look at him back on the Saints, Jimmy Graham was probably the top tight end in the league back then because Drew Brees made a point to get him the ball. Right now, Seahawks aren't really looking for good ways to use him, and I don't know why that makes no sense to me. Uh, Russell Wilson is a quarterback who should rely on his dump-offs to the tight end, kind of like a Michael Vick, because he just, you know, he kind of runs around all over the place, and he doesn't have the best arm. He should be living through Jimmy Graham. Uh, number four, Antonio Gates. I agree with you. Gates belongs on this list. I don't, however, think his body of work puts him ahead of guys like Graham, Witten, and Gronk. I don't know. I just, even though he's had like a great career, he just doesn't like shout to me all time great. Um, and he certainly, like, if I had to pick a tight end today to win a game, I would never pick Gates. Never. I would even take uh-huh. with that saying. Like, you got to pick one of these guys to win you a game today with your house on the line. I would even take my number five, which is Travis Kelsey, behind. I would take him over Gates. But I put Gates above Kelsey because he's older and he's had more of a career. So I was giving him a little bit of seniority there. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, And then number five, I do have Kelsey because I think he's another physical, imposing guy who's kind of at a disadvantage because of his quarterback, man. I mean, I just think he – I think there are a lot of talented players in this league who unfortunately get like a bad, they get a bad luck of a draw because they get put with an awful quarterback. You got wide receivers, tight ends, they all rely on the quarterback to get them the ball. And if you got a bad quarterback, it just ruins your career. And it's too bad. There's a lot of wasted talent that could have been all time great. AJ Green, by the time it's all said and done, if he was with a quarterback like a Brady or Rodgers, he could be Calvin Johnson good or better if he had a guy who could get him the damn ball. It's just, it's a shame. Yeah, the the, the Red Rocket has uh, struggled to get the ball down the field in the last couple of years. I'll give you that. Um, and then uh, for, for our final topic uh, here, what NFL, what average NFL teams just need to quote-unquote blow it up and start over? I told you it would be an NFL-heavy show today. Um, the... I mean, it's an NFL-heavy life, man. Well, that, that's true. It is football season again. I, I thought for sure we were going to talk Tyree to the Celtics, but we'll we'll get into that possibly oh, next, that's week. next week. Oh, next week. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, and, and I hope your Brooklyn Nets uh, actually do good this season so Cleveland gets screwed out of a pick, but we'll get into that next week. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's what I'm hoping so, anyway. But anyways, um, what NFL teams need to just blow it up? Well, I think the popular consensus, if you ask any run-of-the-mill NFL fan, they're going to say, oh, the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns are a dumpster fire. Cleveland Browns are blah, blah, blah. Cleveland's got a lot of young talent. I think that Cleveland actually, to be honest with you, and this is going to shock a lot of people, I think the Browns finished second in that division. I think they're better than Cincinnati right now, and I, and I don't think the Ravens are all they're cracked up to be. I think the Browns have a lot of young talent. They drafted really well. Uh, so I, you know, I just I don't see the Browns being the epitome of a laughing stock as they've been the last couple of years. The teams that need to blow it up, obviously the Jets, uh, which it looks like they're doing right now. They don't even have a starting quarterback at this juncture. Um, Chicago Bears, who sort of shook it up a little bit with the uh, the, the their, their early draft pick. Uh, they went quarterback. They went Trubisky, which was a shock because they just gave all that money to Glennon. Uh, which is another joke. Oh, I know. Um, and, God, that was yeah, horrible. But, uh, 
That is the one thing that makes me cringe more than anything, Chris. And you've got to agree with like me. Like eight, somebody eight, gets eighteen a million dollars to Mike Glennon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when a bad yeah. guy like Brock Osweiler and it cripples your franchise, when you give a payday to a guy that is no longer on your team or is a backup, brutal, just brutal, man. And it, well, it's not just it's not just that, but it, Mike Glennon hasn't done anything, uh, and, and he's he's you know getting. Uh, now I understand. Okay, the Bears need a quarterback. Fine, give Glennon a chance. But they gave him stupid money. They gave him starting quarterback money, and he's been nothing but a backup. So, so, so the Bears, the Bears need to do that. I'm looking at another team who might need to blow things up. And this isn't necessarily a quote unquote average NFL team, but you look at the Miami Dolphins. I just don't think Tannehill's going to get the job done. I've never been a big Tannehill fan. I think that offense needs to be completely reworked. The defense in Miami is good, but I, I, I just think that that offense needs to sort of find their way a little bit. Now they got Jay Cutler, uh, who, who is, is, you know, we all know what Jay Cutler can do or what he fails to do. Uh, and I would say probably the other NFL team is just needs to blow it up and start over. If I really got to give it a look and, and think about it, I would say the San Diego Chargers, and that's oh, oh, actually now the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, and, and that is just because you've got Phillip Rivers, and that's it. I mean, you have zero ta- – I mean, well, you have Antonio Gates, who is the leading receiver at a tight end, which goes to show you uh, exactly what I'm talking about. But they they need <laughs> to they, they need to give him some tools and some weapons. I would completely strip that team except for Phillip Rivers and, yeah. and build around him. If, well, if Phillip Rivers wasn't 35 years old already – I would say just rebuild and let him let him you know make the playoffs and do his thing. I mean he's too old to rebuild now. He'll be out of the league by the time they're worth anything. But uh, I, th- there's a couple of teams that need to just blow it up. Uh, Jets are already doing it. Bills just traded Sandy Watkins. They're already doing it. Um, but you know it, 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 there's a couple of teams in my in my book who just need to sort of change it up a little bit. Washington Redskins are another one. They Kirk Cousins is not the answer. I'm sorry, but he's not. Uh, there's a couple of other teams, but, but I mean, who were you thinking? I, I honestly lead off with the chargers, man, but I think rivers has got to go. I think he single handedly is holding that franchise up. I think he's part of the reason why that franchise is actually holding him up. Dude. First of all, if he's a future hall of famer, then Romo should be a shoe in for the hall of fame. Like, I, I don't think Rivers has been that good. I don't think statistically he's done anything. I think he's been, like, a B-level quarterback his entire career. Like, he's I'm sorry. I, think, team, I honestly – Yeah, but I honestly think – Dude, I honestly think him and Romo are damn near the exact same guy. Only Romo has better throwing form. And Romo could be more like elusive and, and extend plays. But realistically, I think he's holding that team up because I think this is an example of the second he retires, that team's going to draft a quarterback that's young and fast, and they're going to be immediately two games better. I'm calling it right now. Like, he'll retire, and then the following year, the team will shockingly be better because that cloud of Phillip Rivers will be gone. Him and his fucking 12 kids will be gone finally. You know what I mean? He does does have a lot of kids. (laughs) Yeah, and that's part of the reason why he refuses to play anywhere else. He has that team in sh- it, like handcuffed. It makes no sense how a one single player, a B level player at that, has a team locked up like that. It just makes no sense to me. I think and what's so, so weird. Chargers, is you say he refuses to play elsewhere. He's on such a bad yeah. team. You would think 
with as quote unquote exactly. good as he is, he'd want to go somewhere he could win. He'd want to no, pull on the No, he doesn't but want yeah, to because of all it. his kids. He doesn't want to uproot yeah. his family. I, I shit you not, he has nine kids. He wow, does not geez. want to uproot his family. That's dude. Well, you don't remember all the reports a couple of years ago. He was like, I'm not moving to L.A. He's like, if we get moved to L.A. as the Chargers, I will not be a part of that. We are not moving. He was fighting it. Well, he is. And they were, like, people, <laughs> like, they were literally thinking they had to trade him. And now I think that they're just going to assume that he's going to retire before it ever gets to that point. So, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know how far out the L.A. Uh, stadium is and blah, blah, blah. But um, I know that About that's two hours right. north of San Diego. Yeah, that's brutal. Two and a, yeah, maybe two well, and a half hours again, north, yeah. If you're a multimillionaire, you can just have somebody drive you to and from constantly, and it might not be as bad. Yeah, probably not. But I think the Chargers are number one, and I think the Bengals scream at me. Um, I think the Bengals ah, are that's just an absolute joke. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think they're a joke, and it starts with Dalton. Um, I think A.J. Green is their only thing of value, and I think their entire defense is full of just convicts and douchebags and – bad character players um, that are just – that have lost some games in the past. I mean, you remember years ago, Fontes Perfect couldn't get out of his own way. He's taking penalties mm-hmm. at the end of the game, losing them playoff games. Adam Jones, God, I mean, he played for the Cowboys. We know what a disaster he is. So it's like you, you're investing – yeah, you're investing in poor quality character players like that, and then you wonder why you can never take a step forward. Um, I think what – if I was – the Bengals, what I would do is I would literally trade A.J. Green for a house. I would trade him for anything and everything I could get and start over and just start trading off pieces left and right for draft picks, and I would just rebuild because they are the definition of one of those mid-level teams that always stays good enough not to get great but good enough not to be horrible too. Like they're an eight, nine-win team. You know, they may underperform and absolutely have a devastating season and get five wins, or they may overperform and get 11 wins and then get destroyed in the playoffs like they have been. They're just not that good. Um, But, yeah, that's where I'm at. My two biggest ones that scream out at me are the Chargers and the Bengals, and that's what I would do. All right, folks, that's it. And, you know, it could be worse, though. Well, I was going to say, it could be worse. Just think, think about this one on the bright side. If you're ever watching football... And, and you're a fan of a decent team, okay, just think, it could be worse. Your quarterback could be Blake Bortles, okay? And, uh, and, <laughs> this is true. And, 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 and I thought of something funny the other day that reminded me we both hate the Eagles so much. And, what, what, you know, this whole solar eclipse thing, I don't know if you watched it or not, um, but no. I, 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 read, I read something funny the other day, and, and it reminded me of us, and that's uh, the moon got a ring before the Eagles did. Just, just putting that out there. Just putting that out there. There it is. There it is. That was. That's what you needed to say, everybody. All right. That, that thanks is. for yep. watching. Uh, yeah. Thanks <laughs> for ten minute takes. Make sure you follow us on Facebook. Find us, like the page. Type in at ten minute takes, and we are out. Oh, will you walk away? Will you walk on by? Oh, my name.